Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wider. The Fight Club. Hi, everybody. Where's, where's Megan? We have a missing Megan. What happened? Hey, there she is. Hi, Megan. <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> welcome, welcome, and welcome to Fight Club, everybody, and good happy Tuesday morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Tay, let's kick us off, girl. Let's go. <laughs> welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Super excited to have you with us here this Tuesday morning. As you know, we are a group of self-employed industry experts, and we cover four areas of business. So we've got marketing, operations, employee management, and money. And this is really just a casual conversation to help you find an area to fight for your business this week. So we'll go ahead and do some introductions and then jump into some round robin fire questions with Crystal, our guest. Super excited to have her here. So my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company with my husband in South Florida. I have been in marketing for about six years now. Super excited to say welcome back to Fight Club and welcome Crystal. Crystal, can you please give everyone kind of a rundown on who you are and background and information about yourself, please? Sure. Ty, thank you so much for inviting me, everybody. I'm so honored to be here with such an amazing group of professionals. So I'm Crystal Washington. I'm a technology strategist and futurist, and I work with companies that want to leverage technology to increase profits and productivity. And I do that primarily as a keynote speaker. So all I do is pre-COVID travel around and speak at conferences. Now I'm doing it virtually and in person. So there you go. Awesome. So awesome. Exciting. Wonderful. Well, welcome, Crystal. We're really happy to have you. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the uh, owner and founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. So I see some alignment there with profitability. I also own a full service accounting firm uh, called Likes Accounting Company. So I am a CPA in the state of California. And if bookkeeping is not your thing, or if money is not your thing, or numbers are not your thing, and you need to outsource that, you can do that to me and my team. And I also own a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, here in Northern California. So very happy to be back on this Tuesday and uh, welcome to Fight Club. Hey there, Crystal. I'm Michelle and I'm the systems guru here and I am so grateful to see you. I can't wait to talk about future and futurists. I think we might have a little in common. Um, my company is co-owned by myself and my husband, Doug, who's off camera here somewhere, and we own pink collars. So if you want to outsource your CSRs or customer service reps, we can do that for you. So if phones and texts and emails are dragging your business down, we can for sure help. And we are grateful to see you and welcome to Fight Club. You. <laughs> and I'm Martha Woodward, and I talk all things people and culture. And um, I'm co-founder of Quality Driven Software. I'm an absentee owner of a maid service in a neighboring state. And I run a monthly membership, and I also speak, but on the subject of people and building happier workplaces. So welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much, Martha. Oh, right. I'm excited. So, um, Crystal, I saw on, I think it was your website, you had a video where you talked about social media for sales, which is a, a concept a lot of people have tried. Mm -hmm. um, I 
feel like there's a not enough education on it though, because so many business owners will take Facebook or Instagram and throw money at it without a real strategy behind it. And then say, well, shoot, it's not working. I'm just going to give up. And it is what it is. I did it for a day, five days, a week, a month, whatever the case may be. And then they kind of just throw it to the wayside and assume it's done and over with. Um, so what I wanted to talk about was kind of the strategy behind social media and how you really can leverage that for sales and what your experience with that has been. Okay. I think, so first off, I, I think you're touching on something really important, especially when we're talking about home services, because there's so many misconceptions. I think the first thing we have to do is make sure that we're defining the difference between sales and marketing, because mm-hmm. you can use social media for either one of those activities, but it's not the same thing. You know, marketing is when you're trying to draw people into you for the most part, you're getting the word out about you, right? And so that's where people go and buy the targeted ads and do things like that. Now, when you're using it for sales, that's a little bit more stealthy. And so that's not, <laughs> that's not as much about buying ads because that's the marketing piece. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm, I'm delineating between the two. But when I talk about social media for sales, especially for those in home services that have commercial clients. So let's look at the bigger dollars because these are the ones you're going to focus on, right? The ones that that can get you the most bang for your buck. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. it's using social media to do a little research on who they're currently using and what they Mm -hmm. care about and a little bit about them. So you can see how to connect with them, what things um, touch them. You know, you might see what charities they donate to on LinkedIn or or what things they're a part of, or a little bit about their family. These are all Mm -hmm. things you can connect with people over when you contact them for prospecting. So that's the sales piece. Again, it's different. You notice I didn't talk about (laughs) ads or posting this or that. That's that sales component. Um, Or even friending some of your best customers, those ones that keep giving you all those wonderful, delicious referrals, right? Actually friending them and connecting with them. And when they post the pictures of them and their ugly little grandkids, I mean, cute little grandkids, (laughs) (laughs) making a comment about it, you know, they have new twin nieces that they're, you know, in love with going online, spending a couple minutes to buy some little baby bows that say, I love my aunt in two different colors and shipping them over there and paying 10 bucks to someone who's going to give you tons, thousands of dollars in referrals. That's sales. Marketing is when you have that Facebook page, when you uh, optimize a a YouTube video with your keywords that you want to be found for online, understanding that Google gives preferential treatment to YouTube, right? So we have to make sure we're we're separating these two activities because they're two very different things. I know Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because that was exactly the direction I wanted to go. Because when I, I've worked for a couple marketing companies in the past and we would do this for our clients. You know, we would actually go through and prospect and use our own personal Facebooks and discuss through Facebook Messenger how to work on partnerships and mergers between companies and business to business relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's not throwing money at Facebook to do marketing. It's actually getting in there and utilizing the tools that Facebook has to be able to better your connections. Because if we go back to the, what the root of Facebook is, the root of Facebook is to connect with one another. Yes. does not matter if it's family, if it's friends, if it's business, it's about connection. So if you're actually using Facebook for its proper purpose and using it for those connection tools, you'll find that you will make big money from <laughs> really properly going about and connecting with one another. Cause it's, it is in the palm of our hands. We have it with us every day. It's constantly here. If you see something come up, 
you can even, you know, set the notifications for those favorite clients like Crystal's talking about. So you see them immediately come up in your notifications. So then from there, you're saying, all right, Josie Ann sent, had a baby or had a grandchild. Let's send her some flowers. Let's send her some bows. She's my favorite grandma, whatever the case may be. You're on it like Donkey Kong and you're going. <laughs> you're just running. So well, when they're used to connecting with you in that space too, it ups, it up levels your relationship. So I'll give you an example. The first cleaning service that I ever hired for my home was someone that I knew through Facebook. And I, I stayed with her until she passed away. But before she passed away, she was literally like, well, here's this other person we both know that I refer to, you know, I refer people to let her mm -hmm. take over. She was also a Facebook friend. Now when people are needing a cleaning service for their home, I automatically mm -hmm. tag her and her, mm -hmm. I tag both. Mm -hmm. So that people's, because the referral looks different in other people's eyes. If you're just tagging the business, they're like, oh, that's a reputable business. But if you're tagging the owner and the yeah. business, they're like, oh, wait, she really, this is, she knows, knows them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so much business just from that. And I've, I've done that. I'm using her as an example because we're talking about different types of home services. But I've done that with all kinds of services from my um, uh, my insurance person to my realtor. We're all mm -hmm. connected like through their personal profiles. So I'm not mm -hmm. saying everyone has to do that. But man, there's power to it if you do it right. But you have to watch what you post. You can't post crazy stuff. You can't post <laughs> your theories. I say this as someone who lives in Houston, Texas. Houston's blue. <laughs> Texas is red. I'm an independent, so nobody jump on. <laughs> what I've learned is my friends, the further they go out on either side, we have to be careful because on Facebook, we'll meet up in the middle in the land of cuckoo cuckoo, right? So <laughs> if they will. With clients. Don't do that. Yeah. So, so good. So true. <laughs> and so LinkedIn, I want to kind of touch a little bit more on LinkedIn because I know that's an area that. <clears throat> us as you know speakers and people who are in the business world we use that often we're familiar with it i feel as though it's an area and this is just my opinion um because i look at my husband does not have a linkedin he's owned his own his his business for seven years now and i've been pushing it constantly i'm like let's get you a linkedin let's do it i'm just gonna do it we're gonna do it we're gonna be done with this and <laughs> he, it's, it's just not in the forefront of his mind so how have you seen linkedin really help impact other home service business owners or just business owners in general. Okay. I hope you don't kick me off the show because I keep doing <laughs> I keep wanting I keep wanting to define things first to make oh, sure that people good. No, we love it. Love it. So I'm I will not automatically tell everybody in home services that they need to be on LinkedIn. What okay. I do tell people is figure out who your target market is and then go on the one to two social networks where most of them are. Okay. And so if you're doing strictly residential, I'm not saying LinkedIn has no value, but I'm not sure that's going to be your top two because then you're probably going to run more into Facebook mm -hmm. and probably depending on the type of service you're doing, this, this is going to vary because um, I mean, for some people it might be housed, but YouTube is probably a good one for many other home services because again, Ooh. Google keeps it up. So, yeah. but now if you're doing commercial as well, right? So I know we're talking about home services, but I know some people also do more commercial within the business model. LinkedIn, fire. That is the number one for making those business connections. If you're trying to get any subcontracting opportunities, um, so maybe you are kind of residential, but kind of commercial, like people that have services for like new builds, right? Because it technically they're residential homes, but you're, it's kind of a commercial contract as you're working with the builders. Well, exactly. LinkedIn's how you do it. 
Now, the great thing about LinkedIn is it runs off of keywords, just like Google mm -hmm. does. Most people yep. don't know that. And so really, it's just a matter of go ahead and create a good, strong company page. Make sure that your profile and any of your top people at your organization has some strong profiles, good pictures, uh, good headline images, and get those keywords, the words that you would want to be found for by the people who are looking for you. So whoever it is you're trying to connect with there, get those words in your profile for the company page, as well as your personal profile. You cannot pop up for any term that is not somewhere in that profile or company page. Hmm. Treating it like a website on Google, people. It's that simple. Love it. That's good. <laughs> Google likes it too. I mean, I think one of the funnier examples, now this isn't home service, this is me personally, but years ago, I remember there was a conference and they were, um, it was a global conference. They were having a meeting in Houston, Texas, and somebody high up on the food chain decided two weeks out that they wanted an after dinner speaker. And I'm sure everyone loved them for that decision. <laughs> so they just did a quick Google and they Googled social media speaker, Houston. They didn't know me, right? They were just like, I need somebody local. This is two weeks out. So when the planner called me, I asked her how she found me. She told me that's how I said, can you just send me a screenshot of what you see? Because you know, we don't all see the same thing on Google. Correct. Mm -hmm. When she typed in social media speaker, Houston at the time, I don't know what it looks like now, but the first one, the first result was my website. The second result was my LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. The third and fourth result were two of my YouTube videos. And then everything else was all kinds of other people. So at that point, it was just my job not to suck on the videos, right? But I'm wow. <laughs> social media can also help you when it comes to Google searches, if you get those keywords in. And again, YouTube and LinkedIn both run on keywords. That's not mm -hmm. true of all social networks. That's not how Facebook works. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is great. I love that we touched on keywords briefly. We talked about this a little bit last week and keyword research and things of that sort. So it is, they are very connected and Google likes reputable companies that they can be able to showcase those companies and profiles on their, you know, search engine cert page. So I, I absolutely appreciate you taking me some time, taking some time with me. Goodness, Crystal. And I'll go ahead and pass you off to Megan for some finance chats and we'll kind of circle back for some homework later. Oh, I love it. I'm also playing secretary. So I'm like, you've just had so many knowledge bombs in the first like 10 minutes there. I'm finishing the marketing thought before we move on to finance. Uh, and we have Elizabeth, she's joining us on the live stream. Good morning, Elizabeth. And she says she's been trying to get into YouTube for her residential work. And she's really stoked about uh, treating your website on Google. Oh, treating it like a website on Google for LinkedIn. She thinks that's just awesome. So Elizabeth, thanks for engaging with us in the chat. And Crystal, that was really like mind blowing. I'm going to go revamp my LinkedIn, which Michelle has been harassing us about for for months, for months, Crystal, I'm on the LinkedIn train. I am with you on that team. Oh and I've been asking. So I'm with you. Every Fight Club business strategy meeting, I think the word LinkedIn comes up. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you for uh, pushing us there. Um, Michelle, you're very smart. You're a genius. Yay, I try. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to talk about money. I always like to talk about money, but it, it turns out so do you. Like on Mondays, you talk about money every Monday. So can we get you to like talk about it on a Tuesday too? <laughs> dive into that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about time for money, um, efficiency, productivity. I'm not going to step on Michelle's toes about systems, but I want to step on Michelle's toes just a little bit about <laughs> systems. Um, and just to hear your thoughts about, let's, let's think about our audience, you know, classic home service 
owner who is really stretched for time. They, the only way to generate income is through technicians. They're having a hard time finding good help. They're, you know, they're really like struggling with how could I create more money in my business? Mm -hmm. um, what are your favorite things to share with them and hacks for them? I also fellow millennial and I love like just, you know, owning that because we have a hack for everything, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I have a couple of hacks up your sleeves. So it sounds like you're asking how to increase revenue. Is that the, I want to make sure I'm understanding because I can I talk about money and go into, I'm going to end up going into Michelle's category. So are you asking okay. about, I, I'm, I'm always systems. Are you talking about like, just, I so think we're going to go into Michelle's category. I was thinking, Fine. I mean, we just talked about sales and marketing, which I love that you delineated those two. I think that's so important, especially when I have a conversation, but I actually believe that there are ways to increase money in an owner's pocket without increasing sales. So I was hoping we could talk more about like efficiency and output, like leveraging technology, maybe when you're having a hard time recruiting, right? Leveraging technology to create more efficiency for the owner, outsourcing when it comes to the owner with some of those hacks. So this is, not, so one of the things that I learned as a business owner, this is my second business. First one was successful, but I, I had to end it to focus on this one, basically. Um, is that as a business owner, you tend to make more money first off when you focus on revenue generating activities. I think one of the biggest issues that many of us have, and I think a lot of us business owners are type A's, right? And, and maybe we're brought up to believe if you're gonna get something done right, you have to do it yourself, right? Wow. And, mm -hmm. and that is such a limiting way of thinking. And I say this without judgment as someone who was brought up that way, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but outsourcing is a huge piece of generating more revenue because then you can focus on the things that need to be done. Uh, so whether that is finding someone overseas to do some of the smaller things you don't need to do, whether that's using invoicing systems rather than manually, you know, if you're putting out invoices on Microsoft Word, oh man, you're, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> and, and I'm not judge again, this is not coming from judgment. I'm, I'm just letting people know. Oftentimes there is a lot of it, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. all yeah. Done our Microsoft Word invoices. So no, we have. here's, here's what happens. You know, there's all these systems that help you get contracts together, that send out text reminders to your clients that, that automate everything. And what happens is there's some small business owners that think I can't afford to do this right now. I'm mm -hmm. going to keep doing it this way. I'm going to save that 250, that $1,000 a month or whatever. What oftentimes we're missing out on is that by leveraging those, we're going to make two, three, four, five, six, seven times the amount we're saving. So I'm a yeah. big proponent of find technology that two things, one makes you more efficient, but two makes you serve your clients better. Mm -hmm. if, if you have technology that helps you ensure that you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's, and you're following up with clients, you're reminding them about appointments, you're automatically invoicing them, you're doing all these things kind of in systems to make sure that it's easier for them. There's a link for them to pay. They don't have to pay in cash or give you a check or you know all this extra stuff. If you make it easier for people to do business with you, they're going to refer you not only because of your service, because you're easy to work with. And when we talk about the next generation, which Megan, I know we're, you know, we're those millennials, and then even the Gen Z after us, we're all about efficiency. <laughs> there are services that I use, not because they're the best, but because they're the easiest. And I understand that 92% is still an A. So even though com their competitor technically does better work, they're just easier to work with and they're good enough. 
And so we have to keep in mind the mindset of our, our next generation of clients. It's not even always about the best service. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Make it easy for me to do business with you. Exactly. Absolutely. It's crazy. I think Megan might be paused a little bit, but you're also kind of touching too on the relationship factor again. You know, you're happy. Are you there, Meg? There she is. You got frozen a little bit. But I'm going to stop note taking. If somebody else can take that over, I think I'm having a problem. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that we might be talking to some older school service owners who still have this mindset of like, I have to be the one to get it done if I want to get it done. Do you have any tips for them for help pushing them over the edge? I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about more money. We're talking about more time. We're talking about less stress, but Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're in it, even though you're hearing all that, even though you're believing it, you just can't get out of the it. Right. So what, what, what do you do to help encourage people motive. I mean, I feel like you are very inspiring. You have a wonderful presence. Like I just want to do all the things Crystal says today. So, so give them, no, I'm serious. Like give them tell my husband that. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll tell him how, how lucky he is. Um, so give us three things that could help move somebody like over that mindset of, no, I just, I gotta, I gotta get through it myself. I gotta do it myself. So I, I think this is wonderful. So three, let, let's get into the mindset behind it, okay? And you talked about specifically uh, some of our more seasoned owners. So these are people, they've been in the business, they know the business in and out. They know it better than people that are younger who've only been in five years. And they're very comfortable with where they're at. Now, what's interesting is that I have found that uh, the our, our more seasoned professionals who tend to poo-poo technology and, and you know, these are the same people that sometimes say things like, you know, younger people, they come into businesses and they just want to take over. They, you know, <laughs> they think that they should just be at the top. And I do think there is some truth to that. I mean, and it's not all younger people, but I'm speaking to them now. So, you know how you see those younger people that come in and they think just because they have the newest degree or whatever, they deserve to start at the top. And you try to tell them, no, you start off sweeping, you work your way up. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know that mentality, you, you know that. So let's apply it to technology. You don't just start off with everything perfect. You have to start off with that learning curve and work your way up. But once you get to the top, you're golden. So it's the same mentality that you, again, I'm speaking to to this particular group, already know intuitively, I just would like you to apply it to technology. Number two is we can't rest on our laurels. What has gotten you here is not going to take you to the next place. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. This is not a scare tactic. I'm really practical. You know, sometimes in some industries, Uh, People come out with these horrible predictions like um, I speak a lot, for instance, to financial services. And years ago, you know, there were these people coming out telling financial advisors, oh, robo advisors are going to take over. No one's ever going to use you again. (laughs) And I remember saying that that's not true. (laughs) You know, I think some people will turn to that technology, but most people need a human to help them interpret their money is attached to something um, emotional, if you will. And so sure mm-hmm. enough, these years later, yes, they're robo-advisors. No, there hasn't been a great exodus to those. So I'm saying this to say, we want to adapt because it is important to know the technology. What we're also finding in that same group is that a lot of the more savvy investors still want the technology. They're just going to go to a human. So for you, your business, people still want the service, the things you've been offering, but they want an instant book now button. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to call someone and go through schedules. 
They want an automatic reminder on their phone with the mm -hmm. picture of the technician that's going to show up. So I'm not scared of this random person knocking on my door. <laughs> you know, they want to be able to pay their bill instantaneously using a link. Don't y'all judge me. I just realized I've been picking up multiple phones. Don't y'all judge me. But people want that. Okay. So that, that was our number two. The number three, I think, is to realize that it's not about just using new technology. That's not it. Look at gaps in your business and then find the technology that fills that gap. Um, so, for instance, you know, even in my own business, if something falls through the cracks or we're seeing something slightly inefficient, my assistant, myself, my salesperson will get together and say, wait, if we had something that would just do this, this mm -hmm. is where what we kind of have a hole. And then I go out and I look for technology that does that. So I don't just use something because it's new, because it may not be practical. But if I see a way in my business where there's a gap, or if I say, you know, it'd be great. What if we could do this, this, and this for customers automatically where they didn't have to ask? We're always having people asking for this. What if we could just make this automatic so they don't even have to have the yeah. to worry? <laughs> I wonder if there's technology that'll do that. So that's how I tend to recommend people look at technology. Not it's new, so use it, but hey, it sure would be nice if we could do this in the business. Let's see if there's technology that fills that. Wow. I love it. And kind of back to our earlier point, if that seems scary to you, if that seems overwhelming to you, there are people who will implement for you. You, you figure out the technology and you figure out your business and then you can hire somebody to help like implement it in your business. So if you're feeling like, I, I always think of responsive and responsive yeah. are in our home service industry world and people get overwhelmed by the setup because it's not like a plug and play solution. Right. You can have people help set it up. They will help set it up for you. You can go through that responsive academy and make that happen. Um, and, and for us, that pain point was sales and follow-up and automation and leveraging all those technologies. I don't want to turn this into a responsive commercial, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Crystal's like, uh-huh. Well, I no, and I love that you talked about you can pay people to implement, you can, but can I give one more tip that's really important in this process? Absolutely not. Too many value. <laughs> <laughs> We're cutting you off. No. <laughs> yes, please go. So whether you have one employee or 40 employees, before you implement the technology, my sneaky suggestion for you <laughs> would be to pull them aside. Because what happens is you you need them to be a willing to adopt this technology as well. And this is where a lot of business owners, even major corporations mess up. Pull your people aside and say, hey, let's just have a brainstorming session. What are some things we could do better? What are some things that can make your job easier? And you let them talk about it and have their brainstorming session, you write it out. Whatever you're getting this technology for already that you know, it's gonna address that. So have the meeting, a couple weeks later, come back and say, hey guys, here's a piece of technology that I think will address this. <laughs> And focus on the benefits, not the features. No one cares about the features. It's almost like if you had an electrician come to your house, me, okay, I don't want to know what kind of copper wires they're using in the newest. I don't care. What I want to know is how to flip the switch. What's the quality of the lighting going to look? Oh, you mean my makeup's going to look better with the... That's what I want to know, right? So focus <laughs> on the benefits to your employees. This is going to make it easier for you to do this. This is going to stop customers from harassing you about that. And then they're like, oh my gosh, we had the meeting. You listened to what we had to say. You found the solution. Oh, it's going to help us do this. Yay. So yeah. <laughs> on board versus you just coming in with a new system saying, all right, guys, this is the new thing. Now everyone's resentful 
It's one more thing to learn. They don't understand the benefits. You're making their life harder. Yeah. <laughs> this is the perfect transition. It is. Michelle, because this is exactly her forte. Uh, thank you, Crystal, for those knowledge bombs. And hopefully we've inspired somebody out there to implement a scary new piece of technology that will make their life easier and help them make more money um, and know that you can do it. You're not alone. You can do it. <laughs> I love it. Talk to me because I looked at your bio and I was keyed in on the one thing about technology that you talked about. And you talked about technology missteps. A lot of people probably don't want to go there with the things that they've tried. I am the queen of the 14 day free trial. Everybody in my world knows this. I'll try everything to see what happens. Mm -hmm. But tell me in home services, what some of the things you've seen that have been missteps so we can guide our listeners to not make those mistakes. A <laughs> uh, few things. One, you want to have systems that communicate with each other as much as possible so that you don't have a lot of double, double entry. Yeah. So for people that are, you know, openly adopting technology, because there's some people that are like, woohoo, let's get it all, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you would do better, even if it costs slightly more, to get everything from the same vendor or vendors that have relationships. So sure. that the technology already talks to each other, your accounting system, your CRM, your CMS, all these different systems. If they can mm -hmm. talk, it makes your life easier because you're not entering the same information in multiple places. It's a nice flow. It saves yeah. time and time is money, right? Absolutely. Whether it's your time that's being saved or your employee's time, time is money. Uh, so if you can get those to talk, again, even if it costs a little bit more, I think sometimes, again, we, we save to the detriment of how much we can make. Exactly. Or save pennies where we could have just, we, we could have made way more money if we hadn't tried to, you know, just find the freebie or the cheaper way. Yeah. I think that's one. Um, outside of that, some missteps. I think one of the biggest ones, what I just already addressed uh, uh, regarding not getting your people on board for it first. So they yeah. don't understand the vision. They don't see that you're helping to make their lives easier and helping to make the company better. So getting them sold on the vision. And I think the other thing is, is, you know, as much as I talk about technology, <laughs> here's a pen. I have a big old <laughs> thing of pens over here. I have a notebook full of notes so people can see. Y'all don't, I have all kinds of stuff over here. More, more technology, full of notes. Every day I'm writing in these. I have these notebooks everywhere. Yeah. When you're creating a new system or you're trying to figure out how to fix something, write it down. Make a chart, literally just create a little flow chart or something. I want this to happen and then this and then this and then plug in technology for that. I think oftentimes we start with the technology and work backwards. We need to start. So true. And then plug based on that and find systems that work. I mean, I'll give you an example. So in my industry, you know, I'm a professional speaker and I use a CRM as well, just like a lot mm -hmm. of other. I do not use any of the standard speaker CRMs. There's a couple mm -hmm. that are made for speakers. Really? This is made for real estate. The Ooh. reason why is that when I created my flow, mm -hmm. what I needed it to do, mm -hmm. I then found the CRM that does that. And none of the speaker ones would do the type of flow I needed it to do, but there was a really good real estate one that would. Interesting. So check out other industries and CRMs that may not be specifically for your line of work or for your industry. I love that. That's huge. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, don't be afraid to do it. But the other thing is get the simplest piece of technology for what you need. Okay. So what happens is people <laughs> think, I need a car. Let me get a Bentley. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, 
if you need a car because you have to drive, um, let's say eight blocks every day because you can't walk it. Cause I don't know, maybe you're in Florida and there's alligators along the way. I don't know. <laughs> right. You don't need a Bentley for those eight blocks. Right. Right. That's right. It'll work just <laughs> fine. You're saving money. The other money can be invested in other things that'll actually make you more money in the end. This is how I look at CRMs and other technology. Don't go out there and get the thing with all the features yeah. when you need these many features. Don't get these many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because what happens is the technology becomes confusing. Yeah. It's more uh, bulky. It's more likely to have issues because there's more yeah. interfaces going on. And so, yeah, just get what you need and don't go for the top level of everything unless you need it. Yeah. I often help people and I say, what is it that you need out of it, right? What reports do you need? What information are you seeking? What data do you want returned to you as the business owner? And then that usually will help them define where they want to go because it, it's true. You get completely overwhelmed with all the features that can be crazy. So um, as a fellow futurist, uh, because I believe I am a futurist, I love living in tomorrow. I'm constantly being accused of that because my husband will say, what are you over there thinking about? And I'm two or three weeks ahead of everybody else, right? Um, what systems have you seen that help people like us who think in the future um, to, to run their business other than a CRM? Is there anything else out there other than note-taking, but is there any other little piece of, you know, hack, like millennial hack that you've seen that people are using that could be beneficial to people like us running businesses in the future? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This, uh -oh. this is <laughs> okay. when the question was posed, I feel like I have to give answers for what's now. I can't give Ooh. answers for what technology is in the future. because no. Take us to tomorrow. I like it. <laughs> you know, I think one of the one of the pieces of technology that will impact this industry the most is um, artificial intelligence. No surprise. That's probably the thing that will yeah. impact most industries the most. But I think when it comes to customer retention and management and servicing, it's huge. You know, because right now we have things like chatbots. Like if you go to Las Vegas and you're staying at some of the bigger casinos, they have a little chat box where you can ask it, you know, what time does the gym close mm -hmm. or whatever else. Yeah. Answer. But they're still pretty dumb. And they're mm -hmm. still, they, don't, they don't answer things very well and they turn you over to a person. But I think when you're managing a home services business and specifically when you're dealing with individuals, they ask a lot of the same questions. Um, they oftentimes don't read the materials you send over. And I say this as someone who has family members that have home services businesses. So I yeah. am background of this. So using tools like that, once they become smarter, because right now mm -hmm. I, I have a feeling some of these things are actually creating more work for the businesses that are hiring them or they're not hiring, they've bought them. They're not admitting mm -hmm. to that, but my spidey sense, you know, <laughs> my, I, you know, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo, you know, I yep. know lots of strange things, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, something's telling me that there's something going, it's not where it's supposed to be, but I think in the future, that'll be a big deal. I also think that, you know, when we talk about some of these automated services, Home services goes hand in hand with a lot of uh, farming and construction stuff that goes on. Like I find that home services tends to trail some of their trends. Okay. Hmm, interesting. As of the shortage of labor, we're seeing more automated technology and farming and construction as well. Mm -hmm. And so what does it mean 
for home services when you're having bots, when you're having drones, when -hmm. you're having GPS lawn, GPS enabled lawnmowers that are basically mapping out, you know, the ground and and doing the things they need to do. It's almost like those vacuums and Mm -hmm. um, the little mops, but actually seeing it in yards, you know, Mm -hmm. what, how, how are we going to use those things in the future? So I think what we're going to see is the solution to the labor shortage is actually machinery, not more humans, because I'm not confident mm. that we'll get more humans in our political wow. environment. And that's not me taking a political stance. This is me just kind of looking at everything that's going on in the world. Um, if you're not getting the humans, and the, the other thing is, is I think we'll actually lose even more humans because what's happening is, is that younger generations have been indoctrinated with a thought process that certain type of work is, um, I don't know, is more laudable than others, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. I come from a family that's both white collar and blue collar. Their whole thing was, is all, all honest work is honorable, right? Yeah. So no matter what you're doing, if you're taking care of your family, you're a hero in my family, right? Yeah. We, we, have, <laughs> we have a mix of everybody in my family and it's no levels to it, right? But sure. I think younger generations, you know, they, and I don't want to, I want to be very careful because I'm a millennial and I know how, <laughs> how the generations, um, I just think when you, when you're in schools and things, they're not talking about trades. They're not talking about the types of businesses that really have longevity when it comes to home services and, and the things that people will always need. Right. Yeah. So being that we're seeing less people enter those industries, same thing with construction, same thing with farming, all these types of blue collar, but honorable mm-hmm. type work. I mean, this is what we're built on. Absolutely. The more we don't teach our children the value of it, the less we're going to have labor, even in the future. We have yeah. machines. There's no choice. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful segue to hand you, hand you over to Martha, who's going to talk about people and culture and keeping those people that you have happy. So thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, Crystal. I wrote down two things that really resonated with me and that I want us to dive into. Um, I am not a millennial by any means. However, I have very many millennial traits and like you've never met somebody who hates a hassle more than me. I am (laughs) so, I mean, so when you said, make it easy for me to work with you, if like when my hairdresser didn't have a way to schedule online, I I was in her face going, you gotta get this fixed because I cannot, you know, I wanna stay with you, but you know, do not make me call you. (laughs) Um, And then I really loved when you said, I want a service that's good enough. And Mm -hmm. I am so the same. Like I own a maid service Mm -hmm. in another state. So when I hire a maid service, one of the, they never want to take me because they think I'm going to be, you know, high maintenance and all this. I'm like, are you kidding just show up when you say you're going to show up. And if you miss a room, well, I'm going to remind you next time, you right. know, right. <laughs> like, uh, and so I want to talk about that in that um, it made me start thinking, not only do I in my business with my employees instill that culture, but 
I'm also that way with my clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in fact, one of our core values is no hassle service. And I, I reciprocate that though, too. Mm-hmm. Because if I have clients or vendors mm-hmm. that are a hassle, I, I don't want to work with them just yeah. like an employee. So um, let's talk about that culture where it's all encompassing for our employee systems, but also what we allow in our culture. So can you narrow down where you want me to go? That was amazing. And I wanted to clap at the end. I was like, yes, but where do you want me to go on this one? This is broad. Yeah, it is broad. Um, Let's talk about the the no hassle culture and specifically between the client and management relationship. Okay. Um, You know, I think the no hassle culture starts internally. Whatever, however we treat our employees is how they're going to treat our clients. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. People can only smile and tap dance for so long, right? <laughs> when they're faking it, there's nothing more sad. I'm sure we've all been in businesses before where people are like, hello, how are you doing? It's nice to see you. And, and it looks like a mask of, of tragedy. You're like, oh man, you're dying inside. This is so terrible. Um, so I think, you know, how are we making things easy within the workplace? Are we setting things up so that our employees can see their schedules easily, that they <laughs> can call off when they need to, that their answers are getting, uh, you know, that their questions are getting answered? And I think culture carries, right? And so internally, when we're making things easier, when we have open lines of communication, they're more likely to do that for the clients. But I also think it's something that we have to, com- we have to repeat over and over again. So for instance, um, internally in my business, I don't even know if I've ever said this out loud in public before. I have this thing about white glove service and, and my virtual assistant, Regina, who's amazing. She says it all the time too. And, and my thing is I tell her, you know, I just need you to do whatever we need to do to make the client feel like they're getting more than what they paid for. Mm-hmm. So she has, you know, a credit card. Sometimes, you know, she'll send I think yesterday she just sent a client a wedding gift, right? Or uh, sometimes during COVID, the beginning of COVID, oh man, a lot of our clients were really going through it because keep in mind, my clients are people that plan meetings and I have uh, some clients that are third parties that plan for multiple organizations. So these people were just really going through it. Yeah. And so Regina, you know, she was talking to them and they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. We made it easy for them to rebook with us. We just weren't charging anything. We're like, just move it to next year, whatever. And she would send them little gifts. One client, she sent like a little mas- a chair massager because the client was saying she was spending 19 hours a day in her chair and her back hurt. And the client was just like, oh my gosh. You know, I, yeah. she, I remember when she called me uh, two days later, because I guess uh, Regina ordered on Amazon, so it came out fast. And I hear in the background on the call, and she says, oh my gosh, Crystal, this is the best gift ever. So for us, that is our culture. But I also treat my assistant, my salesperson that way as well. Does that make sense? I make sure that they are my customer and they feel good working with me every day and valued. And when they have issues, family stuff, or because we're all humans, you know, we, I honor them and, and I make sure they're taken care of. So whatever we want conveyed to our clients starts internally. Mm-hmm. But that having been said, technology can help us do it even better because you and I, we cannot remember every client's birthday. We cannot remember all their little idiosyncrasies and preferences. 
we don't have time all day to text saying, you know, your person, uh, Jenny, is 15 minutes outside of your door. Here's a map I just pasted from Google. No, there's technology that does it for you and post and gives a picture of Jenny so that they're not freaked out about Jenny coming to their door. <clears throat> I live in Texas, so it's dangerous to show up when people don't know that you're going to be there. Um, my state's a little crazy, right? So again, think about what you want to convey, treat your people that way, and then find technology that also basically turns everybody into superheroes. So it takes what we already do naturally well and allows us to be even more thoughtful in the process and more thorough. Amen, sister. <laughs> that, that is, uh, that very much resonates for sure. And um, I guess I would just say, because I know a lot of people who watch and listen to this, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we all do is, well, I shouldn't say all, but many of us do is use our clients satisfaction scores to mm -hmm. to drive performance and so forth mm -hmm. but and i'm a huge proponent of that mm -hmm. however as part of kind of our no hassle and uh not get bent out of shape culture mm -hmm. i do not nitpick on those scores and i am you know, I'll have people say, well, how do you do that? And you don't alienate people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you do it by saying, basically, so here's the data. Yeah. But yet, I understand you're human. And you're going to have to work through this. And you know, all this, all this data is for is for you to take it in mm -hmm. and readjust. Well, I, and, I you know, then you readjust, go on, and it's like we forgot it and you have a clean slate, you know? It's, uh, but a lot of people have culture mm -hmm. on one side that doesn't match up to their internal culture. So I, that very much resonated with what you were talking about because if I did run my business and I was just a crazy maniac about these scores <laughs> coming in and so forth, my poor employees would be walking on eggshells and just dread, you know, just dread everything. So yeah, I love that, that well, your internal has to match your external. And, and let me say this, I do think, I think those scores are very important, but it's all in how we use it. And sometimes it's it's in the data we collect. So I, I believe data is extremely important because it gives us some key information, but sometimes we don't ask for all the data we need. So when we're looking at these customer satisfactions and you know, scores and indexes, you know, I think it's good for us to set goals, individual and organizational goals. I think that it's also good to ask questions. So as we're getting these scores, asking the question, what is one thing that we can do to upgrade our service, to make us even better. Um, so whether someone's happy with your service or they were not happy with your service, that's something anybody could really answer if you think, what's one thing that we can do to make it even better that would really upgrade this in your eyes? So then what happens is, is when you get these scores and let's say that maybe for one particular person, it's not where you want it to be, asking them the question, okay, well, look, we here's what we also gather from clients. This is what they're saying. What do you think we can do as a team collaboratively to get this up a little bit? 
And what you might find out is maybe there's technology they need to help them be more efficient, or maybe they have too much on their plate because this person left and you never replaced them and you didn't even realize they were picking up some of the slack. So I think it's all in how we ask the questions. And then I know, you know, I do have management experience. So before, before I had my companies, even I, I was a manager in corporate America and it was really funny because I was in my early twenties and my whole department were people that could have been my parents and grandparents. Like I was so young, I wouldn't even tell them my real age. I, I would let them guess. And then I would just say close enough because I'm not a liar. So they'd say, <laughs> you look so young. And I'm like 22. They're, you look so young, but you have to be at least in your early 30s. And I'd always say close enough because there was no way. But what I learned is that by taking a collab collaborative approach and always using we, how can we do this better? And then even what can I do to support you? What do you need from me that you don't already have? Because I may not be setting you up for success. When you're willing to own it, even if it is all on them, all of a sudden people open up a little bit more. And sometimes you find some really good ideas between your team, your employees, and your clients making suggestions as well that will help you upgrade far beyond anything you imagined. So I think it's in the approach. But yeah, if you're punitive and you're like, ah, if you don't get the score, you're out. It's kind of like how sometimes sales are done, but I can get <laughs> sales is that function. Um you, you don't have the same level of loyalty. And then you have stressed out people dealing with your clients and stressed out people make more mistakes. Yeah. You know, I have a point mm. on that. Uh, one of the girls I went to and I'm like, what's going on? You're really getting a lot of um, floor complaints. And I know that's not normal. And, you know, I, I was just trying to be inquisitive about, has something changed? You know, blah, blah, blah. She goes, you know, my vacuum's not working well at all. And I'm like, well, okay, that's a problem. <laughs> that would totally explain why you're having floor complaints. And I'm like, okay, let's get you a new vacuum. And, uh, but yeah, exactly. The data and then a little more data so that you can investigate what is behind those scores so yeah you, we don't want to weaponize it on people like that's that's not a good thing right right it's to me it's to lead you to find out the whys yes mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely elizabeth, all right well elizabeth's been joining us this whole morning and she actually just said that sounds so much like the book why not how by dan sullivan so we'll be sure to mm. put that in the show mm. notes thanks elizabeth for that tip all right. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. And uh, Tay, we could go on forever, but we're going to have to start <laughs> wrapping it up. Yep. <laughs> well, we'll start wrapping it up with some homework. We'll start there. So just a reminder to all the listeners, if you haven't joined us before, we're about to overload you with homework. Four to five um, homework assignments are going to be thrown out at you. Please just choose one. If it was something that spoke to you today that you know in your business you're struggling with at this point, take the time this week to go ahead and implement it. So marketing homework, Crystal touched a lot on who you're wanting to reach and why you're wanting to reach them. So that's your homework. I want you to sit down, take five minutes and brain dump who you're wanting to reach and why. And then from there, you can navigate the platforms and how to be able to go about and grab them from social media.
Awesome. And Crystal, uh, we know you have to jump off in just a few minutes. So we're going to leave space for you to assign <laughs> homework and then leave if you want. Uh, we're going to go around real quickly. It will come to you and then you can jump off. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We really appreciated having you. Our finance homework is inspired by something Crystal said today. And she said, look at your business and look for the gaps. And then try and find technology that will fill that gap for you. So I think that's a really great place for starting with technology searches and hunts, just an existing gap in your business. Don't worry about the features of the software and then look for software that will fill that one gap for you. And then she said to Michelle, <laughs> make sure it integrates, make sure it integrates with the software you already have. So you don't have any duplication in your system processes. So that's your finance homework this week. Doesn't sound very fancy, but it's good. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, do you have systems for us? I do. You were reading my mind and it was actually to do a health check of all of the technology that you currently have and see how those things are connected. So I actually already typed it out on Facebook for our homework, um, but it's to just look at what you currently have and see what's going on. Where are the holes? And I, I'm with you on that one. So I will type that one up as well. Um, find those holes in technology. Okay. Martha. And people homework. Um, I love the make it easy for people to work with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to turn that and turn it towards our employees. So as business owners and management, we need to make it easy for those great people to work with us. And so I want you to think about your recruiting process, your onboarding, and then your retention process. And where do you make it difficult and make it a hassle and fix it? Ooh, love it. All right. So Crystal, if you want to give any homework. Ah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I think this kind of encompasses everything that everyone is saying. But if anyone chooses my homework, it would be to sit down with your team, your entire team, if possible, and ask them based on everything you're seeing right now, what do you think we need to be even better? What do you think we need to delight our clients more? What do you think I need to do to delight you more? And just mm -hmm. hear all these juicy ideas that pop up because they're seeing things you're not. And so it might actually fit into some of these other homework assignments. And it's basically a free focus group. You get all these <laughs> ideas. All you have to do is just be quiet. Don't argue with any ideas. There's no such thing as a bad idea. And be mm -hmm. thankful that they're sharing their mind. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> Many people are afraid to ask, but I always say they're thinking it anyway. So why not ask? So I love that homework. Absolutely. Well, Crystal, as a reminder, I'm going to cut off for just, a, just choose one. one yeah, just choose day. one. Get it yeah. done and move on. One homework every week. Move your business forward. Okay, sorry. So, well, Crystal, before we let you run, um, how can our listeners be able to find you? Oh, it's super easy. My website <laughs> is my name, Crystal, spelled like a rock crystal, Crystal Washington, Washington, the only way to spell it, uh, <laughs> dot com. And through there, you can email me. You can see links to my social uh, media profiles. We can hang out and be BFFs online all you want. So that's where you can find all the information you need, whether you need me to speak at a conference or you want to read some of my blog posts, get a book. They're all there. Perfect. Well, Thank we've got it in the, in the comments here. So we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Crystal. Bye. <laughs>
Let's and talk retreat. Yeah, we'll remind our listeners about our retreat that's coming up. So we have Woo-hoo! our annual Fight Club for Business retreat in Michelle's country. And Yay. Woo! In Virginia this week, we saw some cool videos of you and Tay hanging out <laughs> this week on our social media. So fun. Uh, the dates are October 6th through 9th, which feels like a long time away, but it's really very, very Around the corner. Um, and we have early bird pricing available right now, and it's only good for the next couple of weeks. Early bird pricing is going to end August 20th. So yeah. I just said two dates, which I know is really bad habit, um, but the dates for the treat October 6th through 9th, I'm dropping the link in the chat so that you can go ahead and go apply if you think that you'd be interested in joining us. We're going to do a lot of what we talked about with Crystal today. We're going to implement technology. We're going to leverage mm-hmm. technology. We're going to use technology to move our business forward and we're going to we're going to do it with you. So as opposed to you trying to figure out what you need and doing it yourself, we're going to sit with you. It's a very small small group, 15 to 20 people max, and uh all four of us fight club ladies will be there to help you implement the systems that you need to move your business forward. So that is what the retreat is. The dates are October 6th through 9th and the link to find out more or to apply to join us is there in the chat and we hope to see you in Virginia this fall. Can't wait. And our quote of the day is uh, talks about something that we all kind of touched on today and it's the advantage of technology is based on making it fit in so that you don't really even notice it. So it is a part of everyday life and that's by Bill Gates. So get out there and keep fighting this week and thank you all for joining us. And thank you, Crystal. (laughs) And thank everybody. Awesome. Have a great week, everybody. Okay. Go fight. (laughs) He hopes to see us at the huge, and we will definitely be there. Yeah, we'll be there. Live in person, all of Fight Club, plus Brandon Vaughn at the huge. Uh Uh-huh. It's going to be great. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Okay. See ya. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.